Hello and welcome to the FPS podcast series. This is podcast number 31. And we're going to talk today about full absorption accounting. I'm sure you're all wondering what that is, and we'll learn a little bit more about it in a minute. My name is Todd Hatherly, and I'm the director of programming for Federal Publication Seminars. And we've been doing contract, federal con- government contract training and professional development for over 60 years. And Every year, we train thousands of businesses, federal agencies, and individuals on the legal, regulatory, and compliance and accounting nuances found in the federal regulations through nationwide classroom, online, and in-house sessions. Podcasts are really just a small sampling of content you can find attending an FPS program. And whether you do it in person or online, live or on demand, you won't find another source with the breadth and depth of experience, knowledge, and content anywhere. So please visit us at fedpubseminars.com for more information. Joining me today is Deborah Nixon of Crosshair Advisors. How are you today, Deb? I'm great, Todd. How are you? So let's get into this uh, uh, full absorption accounting bit. And so we're discussing the accounting and specifically government contract accounting. Lay out some of the government contract accounting fundamentals for us, if you would, Deb. Sure thing, Todd. You know I'm always excited to talk about um, accounting and specifically government contract accounting. So when we're supporting cost-based acquisition, full absorption accounting is the foundation for government contractors, contract pricing, contract accounting, and contract reporting. The concepts of full absorption accounting are incorporated in FAR Part 31, and the cost accounting standards when applicable. Full absorption accounting differs from the partial absorption model used in financial accounting. While the two methodologies are used simultaneously by government contractors, each approach to accounting offers a different perspective to meet different regulatory requirements. This is not dissimilar to the differing perspectives in accounting that companies use for tax accounting, which is dictated by the IRS rules, and financial accounting, which follows U.S. GAAP. At its core, the difference between the two models is primarily driven by cost recognition and cost absorption. First, let's look at financial accounting. Financial accounting is based on a partial absorption model. The partial absorption model recognizes product, service, and solution, we can call those contracts, uh, expenses in the fiscal year the sales are earned. This is commonly referred to as cost of goods sold or cost of sales. The remaining cost Selling general and administrative expenses, or SGNA, are not allocated or absorbed by the product, service, or solution, and we can think about those as contracts. Rather, financial accounting expenses SGNA in the fiscal year incurred, but, but does not assign it to the product, services, or solutions, otherwise known as our contracts. In contrast, the full absorption model used by government contractors requires every dollar an organization incurs in its fiscal year must be identified to a cost objective. This includes products, services, solutions, 
also known as contracts, and other authorized projects. Common examples of authorized projects include capital, bid proposal, independent research and development, intercompany transactions, and inventory projects. Typically, we refer to these accumulation points as cost objectives. The cost objectives, i.e. contracts or other authorized projects, absorb both direct and indirect costs, including general and administrative expenses or GNA. You'll recall in the financial accounting model, SGNA is not absorbed at the contract or product, service, or solutions level. Additionally, government contracting expense recognition is not tied to sales. Rather, expenses are tied to benefits received or resources consumed in the cost accounting period or fiscal year. So, Deb, you mentioned the difference between the two models is driven by cost recognition absorption. While, you're discuss, while you discuss cost absorption, can you elaborate a little more on the cost recognition difference? Sure thing. In addition to how we absorb cost, full absorption versus partial absorption, there is a distinction in the timing of what fiscal year the costs are recognized. While accrual accounting is common to both government contracts and financial accounting, the expense timing is different for each. Accrual accounting is a gap accounting method where revenue or expenses are recorded when a transaction occurs rather than when payment is received or made. The method follows the matching principle which says that sales and expenses are recognized in the same period. So GAAP ties the timing of product, service, and solution cost recognition to the period the sales are earned. Cost not tied to sales is either expensed in the period as SG&A or deferred to the balance sheet, for recognition in another fiscal year. However, in government contract accounting, we recognize expenses in the accounting period incurred if benefit is derived. This is regardless of whether sales are generated. To accommodate this timing difference, Government contract accounting decouples expense recognition from revenue and ties the recognition to the beneficial or causal relationship. The beneficial or causal relationship is measured using specific identification, resources consumed, the output produced, or a surrogate for resources consumed. I refer to this as the government contract matching principle, where we recognize expenses in the period incurred if the benefit is received. The key to understanding contractor expense recognition is untethering the idea of benefits from sales 
and associating the benefit with production or consumption in the period. In other words, we ask the question, did the company add value to the product, service, or solutions, also not known as the contract, in the period? What period was the product or a portion thereof manufactured? This has implications for our work and process inventory and our finished goods inventory. Or another question might be, when was the service rendered or the resource used up? Understanding this distinction aids with decoupling expense recognition from sales. This FAR and CAS concept is essential for adhering to the requirements of full absorption accounting. What role does FAR and CAS play in government contract accounting? FAR and CAS plays a massive role in converting a company's accounting from partial absorption to full absorption. FAR Part 31 goes beyond the public policy of what is or isn't allowable and incorporates some accounting and allocability requirements. In addition, the FAR 31 contract cost principles invoke nine of the 19 cost accounting standards, either in whole or in part, for measuring cost allowability. Regardless of whether the contract has triggered CAS, we need to think about CAS invoked within FAR 31 contract cost principles. A few examples of FAR and CAS's role include FAR 31 introduces cost allowability. This is a constraint unique to government contracts. GAAP has no equivalent condition. Next, because GAAP does not require the full absorption of SG&A at the contractor operations level, and because GAAP captures financials at the enterprise level, there is no guidance in GAAP for full absorption accounting. Said another way, GAAP has no requirements to allocate costs to the contract, project, or process level. This is where FAR steps in with the allocability requirements and CAAP further fills this void through its 19 cost accounting standards. Most notably, the four allocation standards, CAS 403 and CAS 410, dealing with GNA, CAS 418, addressing overhead, and CAS 420, which um, accounts for IRAD and BNP, establish the allocation requirements needed to shift a contractor from partial absorption to full absorption accounting. I like to say the CAS allocation standards and CAS in general fills in the gaps with GAAP, G-A-A-P, accounting by prescribing methods to measure, assign, and allocate costs to our contracts or cost objectives, rather than at the enterprise level as GAAP does. 
understanding the concepts inherent in CAS, particularly the allocation standards, is vital for is vital for companies doing business with the government. Often, um, it's discussed within the industry uh, acquisition reform. Do you think U.S. government contract accounting and financial accounting will ever align? Wow, I am not a fortune teller. As a government contract accounting, I believe it is unlikely that U.S. government contract accounting will ever fully converge with GAAP. To do so would require abandoning the full absorption accounting that underlies cost-based acquisition. Such a transformation would require rethinking federal acquisition as we know it. Until that is tackled, cost-based acquisition government contractors will be navigating the full absorption accounting requirements found in FAR and CAS. From contract pricing through contract closeout, full absorption accounting is the foundation of cost-based acquisition. Suffice it to say, Todd, I think our jobs are pretty safe for the foreseeable future. I would agree. I would agree. All right. So where can our audience learn more about full absorption accounting and government contracts? Well, I'm certainly happy you asked, Todd. As you know, I teach a great two-day course for federal pubs on the topic, the Master's Institute in Government Contract Accounting. In that course, we take a deep dive into the key differences between financial and government contract accounting. In 2022, the course is planned for May and December. Check the website, that's the Master's Institute in Government Contract Accounting, not to be confused with the other terrific Master's Institute classes. Deb, thank you very much for your time today. What if a uh, one of our listeners do want to get does want to get hold of you? Uh, how would they do so? You can find me on LinkedIn or also shoot me an email. It's my name, Deborah.nixon at crosshairadvisors.com. Thank you. And as always, if you have topics you want us to cover in a podcast, please feel free to send me a note at Todd at FedPubSeminars.com. And until next time, stay safe, keep your distance, and read.